0: Welcome to Big Sky Writer, the podcast for storytellers of all shapes and sizes. Here's the host of Big Sky Writer, Clint Morey. Thank you, Mark, and thank you for dropping by to listen. Recently, I noticed a tear in one of my shirts, so I did what many of us would do. I threw away the old shirt and I bought a new one. But that's when I remembered the coffee cans. Now, I need to take a little trip on the rabbit trail at this point and I need to tell you something you probably don't know about me. My mother died when I was five years old and my father was an alcoholic. Now I don't know all the details but somehow my father arranged to have my grandmother, my mother's mom, take care of my brother and I. In fact, even though we would sometimes get together with our dad on weekends, our grandmother was really the one who raised us. Now you need to know another rabbit trail, a little about my grandmother. She was born in 1901. Now think about that for a minute. Not only did that make her old, it meant she saw for the first time things like radio, television, airplanes, refrigerators, electric air coolers. That was before air conditioners. She was a teenager during World War I and used to attend dances with soldiers on their way to Europe. She lived during the roaring 20s and worked hard. Now, she did have a terrible marriage that didn't last very long, but she was a hard worker and managed to save enough to buy a house. Now, you have to remember, this was back in the days when you had to pay the full price for the house in cash. 30-year mortgages were not an option back then. I think that house cost her a little over $3,000. Now, I have to admit, it was a small house, two bedrooms, one bath. I think it was about 640 square feet. Like I said, it was small, but it was big enough for her and my brother and I. One thing that was difficult, however, was making ends meet. It was always a challenge for her. My dad did give her some money to help with expenses, but like I pointed out, he was an alcoholic, and that oftentimes meant he would disappear from work for extended periods of time and what that meant was my grandmother lost her monetary support during those times. Needless to say, she was very thrifty. That brings us back to the coffee cans. Now one of the things I remember about my grandmother's house is a cupboard by the kitchen sink. There were many things in that cupboard but the two things I remember the most were the two coffee cans. Those coffee cans did not hold coffee. One coffee can was filled with buttons, the other coffee can was filled with shoelaces. And I can remember as a young boy when I tore a shirt, something young boys do quite regularly, she would get out her needle and thread and sew it up, and I would keep wearing the shirt. If I tore it a second time, she would sew it up a second time, and I would keep wearing the shirt. If I tore it yet again, she would sew it again. The process would continue over and over until the shirt was completely unwearable. And when that day came, if the shirt was truly unwearable, she would salvage it. And by that I mean she would remove every button from the shirt and place those buttons in the coffee can. Now I have to admit, I was fascinated by that coffee can. There were hundreds, maybe even thousands. Uh, Okay, perhaps I'm getting a little carried away. But there were hundreds of buttons of all shapes and sizes and colors. Those buttons were fun to play with, but that's not why she kept them in the coffee can. They were kept there for a much more practical purpose. If my brother or I lost or broke a button on our clothes grandma would go to the coffee can and try to find a button that somewhat matched the other buttons on the clothes. She wasn't always successful, but usually she came pretty close. Then she would sew on the button and we would continue wearing our repaired clothes. The other can served a similar role, only its specialty was shoelaces. I grant you a can of shoelaces wasn't all that much fun to play with, but It was nice to know the shoelaces were there if you needed them. If my brother or I broke a shoelace, the first thing we did was try to tie it back together. Sometimes you could position the lace just right so the knot wouldn't get in the way. Sometimes you couldn't, and that's when you would go to the coffee can. Grandma salvaged shoelaces from every shoe we outgrew or wore out. If she couldn't find a match for a broken shoelace in the coffee can, She would replace them with two shoelaces from the coffee can and put the old one, still usable, into the can for future repair work. Zippers were also salvaged, but uh, they never earned the honor of having a coffee can dedicated to their storage. I was thinking of those coffee cans the other day, and I realized how quick I am to discard the old broken items and replace them with brand new items. Does your cell phone still work but lacks the latest features? What do you do? It seems obvious. You get rid of the old one and buy the new one. Are you stuck with a TV that is merely, oh, say, high def? Maybe it's only 42 inches. Don't you realize there are 60 and 70 inch 4K TVs out there calling to you as you walk down the aisle at Walmart? The solution seems simple. Buy a new one. Get rid of the old My grandmother wouldn't have understood. If an item was repairable and usable, she would repair it and use it. And I was pondering that for a while. What if God treated me the way I treat my things? If something is damaged or not working properly, well, I throw it away. I dispose of it. It's no longer useful. What if God treated me that way? If I was damaged, I would be discarded. If I made mistakes, I would be punished. If I wasn't doing the good things he designed for me to do, well, then I would be judged and found guilty. Believe me, I can go on. But the Bible says an interesting thing about how God deals with us. In the 103rd Psalm, it says, He does not treat us as our sins deserve, or repay us according to our iniquities. And there's a reason for that. The Bible explains that God loves us. And if we choose to follow him, instead of disposing thus, as I would dispose of a torn shirt, he takes a different approach. In Isaiah, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. In Psalm 103, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. In 1 John, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Now, I don't know about you, but I like the idea of not being discarded by God. And tossed into the trash because I am damaged. God doesn't replace us with someone else who is new and better. Instead, if we turn to Him, He repairs us and He makes us new. That's pretty exciting. So if you've ever felt like a torn shirt in your life, remember what God thinks. He offers to make you as white as snow. He offers to make you like wool. He offers to deal with your sins as being cast as far as the east is from the west. He will forgive you and purify you. That's a pretty neat deal. And so I want to end this particular episode with a blessing from the Old Testament. It's Numbers 6, 24 to 26. May the Lord bless and protect you. May the Lord's face radiate with joy because of you. May He be gracious to you, show you His favor, and give you His peace. Until the next time, be the reason someone smiles today.